Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 433. Is it 433? I don't know. I, I think that's what I put on a thumbnail, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. I was wrong one other time. You were wrong once. I have 433 in my list, so I think, I think, right, we're, I think somewhere we're on it. it checks out. I'm Terry Miller, the disc golf guy, joined alongside Johnny V back to back weeks here in studio for me. I feel like I need to leave again. How about next week? You're going to be here next week. It's pretty close to Christmas. I can't imagine you're anywhere else. Uh, there's places I could be, but I, I will probably be here I next you week. Were. <laughs> one place, one place I was recused from today. Jury duty. Oh, <laughs> no. did you just walk in with the guilty shirt? Like just, <laughs> uh, uh, I might did, be ugly, but he's guilty. Is what I had on the did, shirt. Yeah, no. uh, it, it was a little bit more for the after show, but uh, yeah, not too much craziness or chaos for me uh, in the Waukesha County Courthouse. And uh, unfortunately, that is also the same uh, place where we just had the what Daryl Brooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, ordeal had gone down with his wild and crazy which i managed to watch exactly zero minutes and zero seconds of but i know that it was gripping part of quite a bit of the country Mm -hmm. uh with that uh that jerk a-hole piece of whatever that uh had driven through the waukesha um parade uh just a little over a year ago and this was the same exact location where that had just taken place but lucky you when it was all said and done, I ultimately uh, was not. My services were not needed, and that means I will be eligible in the pool again, the jury pool, in four years. Wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I did make $22. So, Listen, there's that. I think it's up from the $6. You're a hustler. Let yes. me just say that. Yes. Terry actually just, goes city to city to hit jury duties just yeah, to make yeah, a few extra bucks. That's how that works. That's exactly <laughs> what I was doing. All right. So, again, welcome in. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, clearly one of the largest uh, conversation pieces uh, that's been taking place is the new PDGA and Disc Golf Pro Tour policy uh, regarding cha- uh, transgender participation. Um, there's been some updates and some policies that are going to be taking place and actually implemented in just the next couple of weeks as of January 1st. I feel like that has obviously dominated the airwaves since basically, well, I'm going to say like 29-ish hours. It was about 5 o'clock yesterday when this first hit, and then clearly it has been um all the conversation for the most part i personally am not looking to beat any uh portion of it to death i know there's been very heated debates and a lot of conversation that's already taken place i would like to have a a conversation about it but um it's it's at the same time and and as much as i don't feel that i'm oppressed in any capacity it's still exhausting and and i i am all but a bystander to it and it is very exhausting and uh 
Yeah, it's very delicate as well. So uh, we will be having a conversation about that here in just a few moments. And then also we're going to have Nova Polite. She's going to be joining us. Uh, she's got some insight and some uh, thoughts on the subject matter for sure, as it will definitely directly impact her and how she's going to move forward with her competitive disc golf for this year and beyond. So it will be great to have a, a personal one-on-one perspective from someone that this is affecting um Quite a bit. I do want to say we did reach out to the PDGA, but currently the PDGA is um, only taking written requests. So that that's kind of their policy at this point. I think they want to make sure that they have kind of all their ducks in a row, that they don't want to say anything out of uh, maybe out of what the current statement is so quickly. I think there's a lot to be. I don't want to say a lot. There are still a few small things that I think they need to suss out just to make sure that they have everything. So the the the. The invitation was out there, but uh, I I believe I talked with I talked with Charlie from Alta World, and mm-hmm. uh, they got the same response as well, basically saying the PDGA would prefer questions in a writing format right now. Yeah, and then uh, to follow that up, also what was said is that not only would they like them in a written form uh, that then can be submitted, uh, that as of right now, everything that is reg- uh, with regard to their policy is what's been released so that there's no further development. There's no additional information that everything that is essentially available and out right now is exactly what has been put on the website. So uh, that that's kind of their response. And, and I'll just go ahead and say, you know, from a from a PDGA perspective and then from a PDGA membership perspective, uh, me signing up in the in the mid 90s, this clearly well, I feel like is the biggest policy and or decision within the PDGA since we've been members. I was going to say within the last decade. But, but what, what I, I'm, I'll challenge and say, what would you say has been bigger than this conversation? You could argue, you could argue as far as uh, entire membership, maybe the dropping of the national tour and handing that over to the pro tour. That That is a big decision. But this is more... This is more, I hate to use the word political, but this has a bigger feeling to, I think, a lot of people. And we're, we're, we're going to hear about that. Yeah, I, I just I do think from uh, an overall standpoint and perspective of of significance of, you know, what we've seen. And Johnny V and I have been uh, PDGA members, like you said, since the mid to late 90s, Ooh, yeah, uh, every single time. year, regardless of <laughs> of her player capabilities. 25 uh, years almost, Harry. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's been more than 25 years for me already, which is which is definitely kind of crazy to think about it that way. Um, so, yeah, it's certainly very impactful and uh, has a lot of implications, uh, either outwardly, inwardly or, you know, some that are more obvious than others. And there's no doubt about that. Uh, and if you're into that sort of thing, I was also told that the PDGA had release some ratings today so if you're into your ratings go check them out we can talk about this a little bit later because i feel like we're, we're maybe getting off track but manabu the highest rated player in the world right now at 1051 i know and then immediately someone might say well that that feels kind of weird doesn't it because we didn't we didn't really see him i know we didn't I, you I, know and, and i, I, don't I want... know is part of the international <laughs> challenge to when you have world rankings yeah. when you have the Smashbox rankings and the so, oh it's a world and the uh, everybody's got a we rankings. will circle back around to yeah. that because we, we have our guest waiting for us nova is in the disc baron digital green room right now should we bring her on terry i'm good let's let's right. do it and without any further ado nova polite 
Hey, Nova, I got your name right. Uh, uh, you did, Nova Polite. Like, yeah. uh, whoop, whoop, I, that's the sound of the Polite. That's the sound of the Polite, exactly. Uh, and you have to be RH to understand that. So, <laughs> so. I'm afraid so. <laughs> well, welcome in. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of a very sensitive and insensitive conversation that's been taking place for quite some time. And, uh, you know, Yesterday is maybe or maybe not the first time that you heard of the PDGA, the new PDGA policy, and then also uh, backed up or followed by the Disc Golf Pro Tours policy. Uh, I guess right off the bat, without without even just dancing around it, like what are your reactions and, and what does this mean to you? Oh, my reaction is that uh, today has been one hell of a long week. Okay, Uh, understandable. Now, in all fairness, this is not the first conversation uh, publicly that you've been having. You said you were on other other podcasts or other outlets today, even. Uh, Yeah, I've I've been talking to. uh, Oh, God, I don't know. It's been so long since this morning. Uh, Let's see. I talked to Ulti World for a uh, a written article that should be up literally any moment now. And actually, I've got another podcast coming up tomorrow. Uh, David Fournier's 19th hole. Uh, go check that out. Plug, plug. But as far as uh, getting back to your first question, uh, what does this mean? Um, well, it means here about, uh, oh gosh, about 30 hours on, my thoughts are still a raging hurricane. I have so many ideas going on. And they all conflict and they're all very important and most of them are right. And that makes for a very frustrating time. And I'm just trying to sort through it and not make any terrible mistakes by shooting from the hip. But here I am. So I'm going to shoot from the hip tonight a little bit. That's how we do um, it here on Smashbacks. You know, you've you've been a part of the the, the chat board and, and you've watched how we do this. You know, there's we, we've said some we've said some dumb things live on the air mostly terry let's be honest mm-hmm. but <laughs> um but yeah so oh, yeah. that's that that's that's a, and you know you yeah. drinks in us and yeah, but right yeah you know <laughs> right off the bat um few uh, wait are these family friendly drinks is this a a, a kids channel whatever mixes no <laughs> anything okay that mixes. okay good 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 i approve <laughs> um, I'm having family-friendly stuff right now, though. Oh. Anyway, so I'm G-rated. Where was I? Um, I'll drop enough bomb later. Wait, are you monetized? Can I drop? <laughs> oh, that's bomb? all right. It doesn't matter. The, n- okay. None of it matters. Uh, none of it matters. Free, sp- free speech, uh, man. Whatever right. you, you free, can say, whatever free we want. Elon Musk. I'm in or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, oh, no, don't don't Elon Musk anybody. That's never good. <laughs> um, no, nobody wants that. Where was I? Okay, so as far as like getting back to like immediate impact, it's like the most obvious thing is, well, uh, because of the way the rules are written in 2023, I am not going to any DGPTs because they won't have me. I've been locked out. Um, I've been playing in DGPTs, not on tour, but just, you know, three to five a year as the traveling circus sort of comes through my part of the country. I hop on for a couple stops. And then as it fades off into the horizon, I hop back off and go home again and no more Um, can't be done. So that's a door that has been closed in my face. And it's, it's very dispiriting because legit, these were my favorite events of the year. Um, The production quality, I mean, I'm going to talk real good about the people who hurt me. Uh, the DGPT puts on one hell of a show. 
both in terms of uh, production for the fans at home and in terms of the quality of the experience for the players there on the ground. There's nothing else like it, and I don't get to play, and I'm just sick about it. Um, and I'm just smiling because I'm happy to be on with you right now. Uh, inside's a different face. And and I then there's a there's another tournament coming up I'd like to talk about, but I want to give you guys a talk break first. Well, here's here's what I want to say, and just in case there's any confusion out there, yeah, a, a long, a very long um, post has been made or an update has been made to the PDJ. If there's somehow somebody's confused about where we're going, what we're talking about, if you go out to PDJ.com, it's right there on the front page. And then I scroll down specifically. I'm going to scroll down to the eligibility update, and that's essentially what you're talking about. And of course, there's mm-hmm. a lot of points to this. There's uh, additional uh, graphs, charts, background story. There's all of that, and it is a lot to consume, but. If you want to know more about it, it is all out there and available. But I'm going to read a few of the parts that are in bold because not only are they in bold, but that's obviously (laughs) um, what just I think a lot of people will gravitate to. And they are, in fact, those highlights. And it says uh, major points of the policy governing the uh, participation of transgender women in gender based divisions are listed below. And then it goes on to say for PDGA amateur majors. Pro Master Majors and all other PDG events sanctioned at A tier level and below, the requirements regarding a player's level of testosterone uh, have been lowered from 10 nanomoles per liter for one year to under 2 nanomoles per liter for two years. And then the second main point to that is players are only eligible to compete in gender based FPO divisions at PDGA Pro Majors the Champions Cup, U.S. Women's, European Open, and Pro Worlds, if they began medical transition during Tanner Stage 2 or before age 12, whichever is later, the player must also continuously maintain a total testosterone level serum below uh, 2.0 nanomoles per liter. Um and then it goes on to say that uh, it, any organizations that are specifically designated by the PDJ under the terms of an explicit agreement to run Elite Series may set or use any subset of the eligibility requ- uh, criteria above at their events. Uh, application of the chosen criteria must comport with the terms of their agreement within the PDGA. And essentially, right now, the only people that fit, check that box, is the Disc Golf Pro Tour. And immediately after this was released, well, within 15, 20, 30 minutes, the Pro Tour said, hey, we're going to fall in line with exactly what the PDGA has issued. And that's that just kind of brings us up fully to speed in case somebody didn't know where we're we at. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to point out that a, there might be one person on the planet Earth who transitioned prior to the age of 12. And I don't I don't think she's a disc golfer. I mean, the odds are very slim. And given the state of legislation in this country where um, the early and not even transition just the early forestalling of an adverse puberty is being criminalized um such a bill was proposed in my home state yesterday um it's a it's a it's a catch-22 uh the law says no no kids you don't get to be trans and then the sport says no no you had to be a trans kid to play this is a I'm going to ask you a personal question. You you don't have to answer this. Uh, ask all the questions you want. Nanimals. Do you know yours? Nope, sure don't. Um, I'll tell you what, though. I'm pretty sure they are very close to zero uh, because uh, 
my sources of testosterone became a puff in the ozone from a uh, medical waste incinerator about 19 years ago. Okay. Uh, and obviously, you know, th- these are sensitive questions because these are personal questions for anybody. Like, but I'm an open book. Uh, for you, yes. I mean, but there we have people who maybe that's not the case for. We who maybe don't. Oh, absolutely. Share, we don't want to share this information, and I don't necessarily. I mean, I I don't know the right. I don't know if we should be asking these, or how we should be asking these, or how in general how it's going to be figured out, or mm-hmm. or, or or whatnot. Do you do you know if a majority of our players would qualify for that, or do you not have any idea what uh, what the what everyone? No idea. Don't ask around. And honestly, um, given the state of healthcare in the United States and given the fact that transgender people are an underserved minority when it comes to access to healthcare in the United States, which is, again, a double whammy, um, access to that kind of blood monitoring is expensive. It's often uh, not covered by insurance. Um, It's a specific sort of lab write-up that you have to ask for. And the level of monitoring that the PDGA is asking for is a very expensive intrusion. And it's you're burdening an already overburdened, underemployed, discriminated against minority saying, oh, yeah, also, you know, monitor your blood for the next uh, 24 months and keep us up to date on it. Um, but only only the transgender women, not all the women. It 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 doesn't pass the does this feel terrible test now one of the questions that i think a lot of people continue to talk about is you you kind of just reference it the the testing that will be done and or eligibility and verification mm-hmm. um there that's is an a, important thing yeah and there apps there's a a point right on uh and i have to find yes it exactly but there is a point that's listed that says uh, it's eligibility verification. Mm-hmm. Uh, E-E.3 says eligibility verification yep. procedures that require documentation from all participants will be all implemented for all PDGA majors. And, and interestingly, uh, yeah, and there's if I, I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm going to. Um, if you cross reference to uh, the DGPT's uh, tour standards for uh, 2023, I don't know if you've read them yet. Um, it mentions that I uh, now cancel me if I'm wrong, but I think I remember reading that uh, con- uh, prohibited substance testing is indicated as being on the radar for 2024. And then there was a clause, which I didn't understand when I read this a couple of weeks ago, that said, and other types of monitoring may be implemented in 2023. And I'm starting to think the other type of monitoring that may be implemented in 2023 Maybe that from the 2023 tour standard for the DGPT. The document's online at dgpt.com under players. Uh, go check it out. Uh, maybe uh, some of the chatties can uh, fact check me in real time here. But this leads me to think that there was some level of coordination ahead of time. Uh, I would have to guess that there was some talking. I mean, at least for half of the for the pro half of of the discussion, there had to be some communication. Whether the DGBT, I mean, ultimately the DGBT doesn't 
care about the amateur or master fields. We know that, right? No one cares about master, <laughs> right? I mean, we've said it. You're getting oh, no. Callie riled up I know. last week. I, I know. We had Callie on I last know. week, and I love Callie. And Nobody I love gives them. a shit about masters. We're, 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 um, both, we're all masters here. Um, but If anybody right. gave uh, a shit about masters, they would have kicked me out, too. <laughs> but ultimately, DGBT doesn't care they about didn't. that. They so. didn't. So, so they, so I don't necessarily know on that side, but you have to assume there's some sort of uh, chat between some people at at the DGBT to get at least some input, whether it was before or after the medical committee or or what. It, it would only make sense. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, it, yeah, and I was going to say to add on to that, it makes sense. The Disc Golf Pro Tour is the official tour of, of the PDGA mm-hmm. or professional, the, yeah. profession, the official professional tour of the PDGA, whatever, <laughs> however it's worded. You know what I mean? So it would make sense that they're having a a conversation as to what the policies and procedures are going to look like and ultimately having, um, you know, being on the same page, having some. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I made the post on Twitter. I, I'm not about to shy away from it that i personally am extremely disappointed in the dgpt decision i know this is a bigger discussion than just the dgpt but based on what the pdga wrote it sounds like the dgpt had two decisions to to decide between and they chose them i want to hone in on that yeah they they chose the more restrictive one and and i don't i don't know for sure why I, i would assume it's some sort of cohesive uh tour with uh, all the majors that the PDGA decided upon, because if you have two different rule sets where suddenly you have touring players that maybe like we'll just say, I mean, we'll say Natalie, because she is the prime example who can play elite events, but can't play majors that affects points and that becomes a mess. And that maybe puts some liability on the DGPT legally. I, I, I don't know if I don't know all the behind the scenes and how that would work, but mm-hmm. but me personally, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm disappointed that the DGPT maybe didn't take a different stance. Absolutely. And, then, and that's a personal I, opinion. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that I understand mm-hmm. that because for the, some of the reasons what you just said in that it likely would have created yeah. more chaos and more confusion and maybe even more animosity if they weren't congruent. Sure. But that, that, that's and that's that's possibility. But me personally, again, personal opinion I would have rather seen the DGPT take a a step more towards inclusion than not because because it was it's ultimately mm-hmm. their decision for their tour the PDGA said so. Mm-hmm. so that's just, and Nova you were saying yeah if and and the other thing is because how the DGPT runs the DG DGPT's business is their business and because the PDGA even gave them that discretion in uh, the gender protected policy their hands were free to do as they wished um free of repercussion and by setting things up the way they have they've become you know a de facto no trans league and uh this puts them on the same level as the southern nationals and i think they're killing it down there so not a good look dgpt this is the company you're keeping um I mean, because the, in the PDGA, as weird and structured and hierarchical as their decision was to say, you know, FPO majors, no, um, age-protected majors and A-tiers and below, yes. It's The PDGA has this sort of relief valve. They have this sort of, well, we're going to discriminate against you some, 
but you've got this other area you can you can have fun in. And the DGPT, you know, it's, you know, the, the gate is just barred. It's just, no, get out Do of here. You, we saw the survey. We saw the results from the, uh, the, we saw the medical committee. Then we saw the survey that everyone, everybody was offered. Mm-hmm. And there was about 30,000 or some. 35,000. 35,000 respondents to that. More than. Um, mm-hmm. And our board of directors got like 11 or 14,000 uh respondents something along those lines 20 maybe at max 20 i don't think it was that no, much i, this I think year. it was like 10 or 11, 10 11 so clearly this stirred something i mean we, we know from general <laughs> political elections the the presidential election always gets more thing because it seems to be the bigger thing so this actually drew people to to fill out a, a survey which they couldn't be bothered to do for a board of directors N- nova what do you take from the results of the survey that more or less say it let's just go out and assume that the numbers are relatively accurate and say that 80 percent of the fpo dgpt division felt that it was that they did i don't sound fair that they did not want trans athletes in their division do you think that do you think that matters do you think the dgpt needs to look at that i mean what how do you look at that and make that Okay. Okay. Granting, for the sake of argument, mm-hmm. that the survey isn't hot garbage. Yep. And I'm going to grant that for the sake of argument <laughs> yeah, temporarily. <laughs> and working with those numbers as the hot garbage has presented us, how do I feel about that? The vast majority of people not caring if I live or die has been the background radiation of my life for the last 23 years. And being told again that people don't like me because of who I am, it's not news. Um, There are days I get up and I continue to take one breath after another just to spite them because every breath I take without their permission is a victory. So, yeah, um... But here's the weird part. Survey says 80% on the board. However, that's not been my on-the-ground experience. I don't know if the survey is whack. I don't know if people are two-faced. Uh, I don't know if I'm scary because I'm six foot four, um, even though I couldn't bench press anything. Um, my experience in person at all levels has been uniformly Neutral or positive? I mean, obviously, if you walk up to somebody and you say hi, and they're kind of icy, neutral, whatever, that might not be you. That might be them. You don't know what kind of day they're having. You're not a mind reader. So you just got to say, no, that's a them problem. That's not a me problem. But nobody has ever walked up to me or insinuated or entendered or directly said to me at an event at any level, at any point since the first day I started playing disc golf, you should not be here. Never, never once. It's either people are just off in their own world or they're icy for whatever reason, or they are warm and they are glad I'm here. I have been told so many times in these last eight years, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to see you. Hey, how's it going? Looking forward to playing disc golf. I have made more and better friends in the last eight years than I have in the rest of my life combined, adult and childhood. This has been. Disc golf has been 
um, to use a word I'm loath, um, a, a blessing, uh, even though blessings aren't real. Um, and so that 80% number strikes me as weirdly incongruous because what that 80% number is saying is all of these people being so nice to me has been some kind of weird Truman show lie. Do you think, but do you, Hanlon's razor says no. Do you think there's a difference though? And I'll, I'll push back a little bit on that of how people feel about you versus how they feel about the competition. Because it, I've well, they can beat me. Well, well, but well, but you versus Natalie versus Chloe versus any of the 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 more um, front facing of our athletes, mm-hmm. wonderful people. But do you feel that someone can look at that and 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 love you, but not say, yeah, but they're you know they have an advantage for whatever reason, oh, assuming. Uh, oh. I mean, do you think oh, that obviously, obviously, like, well, obviously, yes, human human brains are a bag of cats. Um, it's <laughs> it's not just it's not just Loki from that one movie. We are all bags of cats inside our, our brains. Um, each of our minds contains a multitude of centers of thought and ideas, and they're fighting. Um, some of them get along, but a lot of them fight. And humans have no problem whatsoever holding discriminatory attitudes towards a group of people and liking one of those people. And, you know, what we think of as good people, you know, introspect and examine their attitudes and come to realize that maybe the credit they're extending to the one, they should extend to the all. Um, And then, and other people don't. And I'm not saying better. I'm not saying worse. I'm just saying different. Um, because our brains are complicated and hard to understand and they don't come with an owner's manual. So, yeah, I absolutely believe someone could be absolutely charming to my face and then say things that are utterly discriminatory about me on social media, not naming names. But, yes, I know. Yeah, it's happened. And I'm still kind and polite to them when I meet them because they're kind and polite to me when I meet, when they meet me. Um, and so I'm kind of guilty of that level of compartmentalization too. So I understand exactly what you're saying. We, we're all complicated. Um, it's not just a matter of, you know, people's beliefs and their behaviors don't line up perfectly and we'd be a lot less interesting if they did when when the policy for instance talks about uh you know, essentially the two different policies in terms of amateur versus professionals what does that mean to you what what does that mean to other competitors that maybe are eligible for some of those amateur divisions i know there's plenty of amateur divisions amateur based divisions that you're not eligible for what do you feel like that means to whether it's for inclu- the sake of inclusion or for the sake of the sport or or for the sake of even continuity or consistency? Does that throw more of a wrench in it or is that still considered um, something that you feel is advantageous that the policy is a little less stringent or considerably less um, stringent on the amateur side? I think is it a compromise? This is too? going to. Yeah, it is a compromise, but I think it's a compromise that's going to create chaos. Um, if I can, if I can abuse an ancient metaphor, I think 
Well, first off, we know that um, if you are permissive uh, towards people who act in an antisocial way, it encourages that behavior. Um, permissiveness causes misbehavior. And I, f- and I feel like you combine that with the concept of you let the camel stick its nose in the tent. A minute later, you got a whole camel in your tent. Um, I feel like this could potentially embolden people to be unkind in person where they might not have before because the PDGA over the summer of 2022 did publish uh, a statement and then a reminder that, you know, uh, discrimination or acting in an unkind way to anybody, although, you know, it was really about trans people um, at an event, you know, is a, is a a disciplinary matter. However, you look at what they say and then you look at what they do and people who are inclined to be unkind look at what they say and then they look at what they do. And they say, on the one hand, they're saying, don't act up at a tournament or at your league. But then this policy is on the ground that sort of others transgender people and sort of gets us like one step out the door. And I feel like that encourages them maybe puts just a little bit more steel in their spine. And I am deeply concerned that at some point in the year 2023 or going forward, if this policy continues, I might have my first ugly incident at a tournament. I have had to rehearse preparatory behaviors that I don't think cisgender people have to worry about or people who are not in a minority have to worry about. Um, I have to think, is my phone handy and ready to video record what's happening at a moment's notice. You know, if somebody comes up and just starts, you know, talking smack or dropping slurs, will I have the evidence on video for the disciplinary board, or is it going to be a she said, she said situation? Um, Because if it's just she said, she said, and the PDGA is acting the way they're acting, I don't have 100% confidence in the process. You know, I think it might just come down to, uh, well, we got a she said, she said, we don't know what's going on, move on. And even though my day got wrecked, you know, nothing happens. So I am, and and again, that's just the background radiation uh, of living while trans. And I feel like the radiation level got turned up just a little bit higher than 3.6 on the meter uh, going into 2023. And I don't much care for it. It's unsettling i i was gonna follow that up and of course i mean you you know us and you know it goes without saying that we don't condone any of those types of behaviors or that you would in any way feel threatened i mean i, I think for you you know that already is with oh you're you know, good people i wouldn't be here if you weren't um so we appreciate <laughs> that but when, when you look at the survey some of the server results and i and i know we can you know for every single mm-hmm. thing that's published whether it's a uh, uh cited or published or whatever uh you you know we we can always have pushback to those given things, but the survey results essentially showed that like eight to one in terms of against at the, on the professional side, but it felt mm-hmm. like it was a lot lower, almost like a two to one um, disagreement when it came to the amateur side. Why, why would you suppose mm-hmm. that is? Do you feel like, well, I, I won't even postulate. Why do you feel like that was so much less of a concern on the amateur side than it is on the professional side? And is that what then drove the policy? 
I don't know. Uh, I could not even begin to speculate on that. Um, I don't. I don't understand the rationale of people who would choose the disagree option on the survey, um, and I don't understand why there would be a difference between ams and pros. It's literally not something I've thought about. You have caught me on my back foot. Okay. I listened to the Alt World podcast today, and and and. and I do, as much as I hate to promote our competitors, Charlie Eisenhood, um, I, I do recommend people go out and listen. To it. They, they they brought on an expert in this field, particularly, and, and she was very clear about a lot of things, that they're doing studies, that currently the studies that are out there don't necessarily represent athletes, that they're really the studies look like they're focused on your your average person, so to speak. Um Mm-hmm. Please go 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 out and listen everybody to, to that and then you know whatever if something comes out of these studies that more or less says we feel that transgender athletes have an advantage for whatever reason <laughs> shoulder width arm length whatever crap that the medical committee thing had in there i don't know but actual you know if this study comes out and says whatever how do you feel that affects you? Should should we have? I mean, I think I know your answer, but like, mm-hmm. does, does that? Well, change, that's an interesting that hypothetical. Anything? Like, that's exactly. It's a hypothetical because I don't know what these. I don't know what these. Well, uh, what these mm-hmm. studies are, are going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well. No. I, I can talk to that. Um, this is something I've thought about um, and talked about in the past. Um, and in your hypothetical situation. Um, before we weigh in a hypothetical situation and discuss it, I think it's important to consider um, the possibility that it might be Garbo. Um, a, a study which says roughly what you you say that you know just comes out and says no no you're rocking the world you're you're too much. Um, it is so counter to my lived experience and what I feel living in my body. And it is so counter to what we have learned so far about the action of testosterone on the human body, um, the importance of um, maximum cardio in disc golf strength. It is so counter to everything I know and understand so far, that it would be a literal upending of much of what I know about reality. And it's difficult for me to seriously entertain that hypothetical because, you know, it's like, it'd be like asking me if the moon was made of green cheese tomorrow. Um, it's, it's not just a simple copy and paste of one thing in the universe changes, you know, so much of what, in the case of the moon, what we understand about the formation of the solar system and the formation of astronomical bodies and gravity and the effects on cheese in a vacuum, everything we know about that would be wrong. And we'd be like, how did we get everything so wrong? And yet everything manages to form a cohesive whole and point towards one conclusion for so long. And then we have this random factor, this random study come along that literally kicks the pins out from under most of what we know and your hypothetical, I think, is is similar to that in that if this one study comes along 
and purports to kick the pins out of everything we know and everything that I've experienced and other people have experienced so far, it would it would be an upending of so much. And I think it would be intriguing. And because in science, you publish your results and then other people go out and try to replicate them. Um, we would go out and try to replicate them. And if it somehow turned out that people were able to replicate this research and we started making the connections to how this new study that seemed so crazy fits into reality as we understand it and actually starts accounting for things that already work, then I would, in fact, take it seriously. But I'll cross that bridge when we get there. Okay. Because of, we talked about this leading in uh, just before having you on, how big of a decision, how big of a policy this is, what this means for the present stage of Disc Golf, Disc Golf Pro Tour, and the PDGA. Uh, When the PDGA releases this, it said that they used the following information to reach the conclusion that they did. The PDGA Medical Subcommittee Report, results Mm -hmm. of the survey... A survey, mm-hmm. uh, a survey of transgender disc golfers, a statement from the Disc Golf Pro Tour, feedback from several cisgender and transgender women who are touring professionals, eligibility policies from different national governing bodies of other sports, and then other position papers, ac- academic research, and additional studies on this topic. So my question would be, this clearly mm-hmm. was, this was a year and then some, and a lot of work mm-hmm. by a lot of people put into this. Some yeah. would say, hey... All of these people did all of these things, and then there's how you feel. Yeah. So I guess my question to you would be, how 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 do you answer that when someone says, um, "But we've done we've done all of this work now. Here's what we found. Here's the policy that's made. Mm-hmm. Here's where the the members have spoken the loudest, and here's well, where they well, they find." And it, a survey it isn't bioscience. Oh, of, uh, yeah, yeah. A, a survey, a survey isn't bioscience. A survey, the only science you can get from a survey is learning what people think. But what they think isn't necessarily true. You've learned what they think, but the truth value of their thoughts is an entirely different question. Um, and honestly, I don't like the idea of putting the rights of a despised minority up to a democratic vote uh, because a pure democracy is three wolves and one sheep voting for dinner. Um, To draw an example to a similar civil rights struggle that occurred within the lifetimes of uh, maybe you, John, um, and some of our older uh, audience, um, He's just versus... as old as me, damn it, Nova. <laughs> I'm so, well, I'm sorry. It's You're, she, it's she it's the beard. The beard keeps way you younger young. than me, and I love it. He's like six months younger than me. I damn love it. it. Oh my god. No, that's this fine. Is why I... That's fine. No. Anyway, uh, Loving versus Virginia. The decision which uh, decriminalized interracial marriage in the late '60s in the United States. Um, that decision was promulgated by the Supreme Court. Um, it was a better time um, at a time when the approval rate among the public for interracial marriage was in the high teens of percents, the animus, the hatred against or the mistrust against 
interracial couples was remarkable. Go watch some Nick at Night and watch sitcoms and the the comedy dramas from the late 60s, early 70s. And the interracial couple couple is always the lightning rod for trouble. And that was, you know, the writers of the show at that time pointing out we got trouble. Now, late 60s, I don't remember, 67, 68, 69, Loving versus Virginia is decided by the United States Supreme Court. What year do you think the approval rate for interracial marriage in public surveys first crept above the 50% mark oh God, in the I United think, States? I think I heard this. What, wasn't it like the mid-80s? Wasn't it like 80? Mid-80s. 83, 84, 80, something? 83, 84, yeah. So a, de- a, a decade and a half of time and that means if you had put you know the right to uh interracial marriage up to a plebiscite you know justice would have been denied for a decade and a half based on pure animus and probably longer because the normalization of it drove acceptance you know when you have a neighbor in a interracial uh relationship then you realize it's not so bad okay and then the poll numbers creep up but if it had been suppressed it could have been multiple decades before that number crept above 50 percent. so i don't like relying on a survey that says yeah a despised minority is despised and therefore we should cater to the majority because all that does is reinforce uh, the position of the despised minority at the bottom of the heap, even for it prolongs the, 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 the it prolongs the suffering, even for the PDGA. That's like a member based organization. Like if, if, uh, if especially, especially, okay, uh, especially for the PDGA, that's a member based organization um, because. Um, so just, just I'm, to be clear, I'm, I'm going to get a little, I'm going to get a little at, bit into sociology here. You're asking you're you're saying that you feel like the PDGA should right now go again, assuming again, assuming the garbage survey go against what the majority with the, with the not just like 51 49, what appears to be a, a large majority of the sure. The, the, the paying people again, feel, assuming the survey is valid, assuming the survey is valid, feel that the uh, PDGA should do you, 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 you're okay with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I do. I th- I think principles matter. I I I'm again, I'm with you. <laughs> what just, what do you feel? Uh, I mean, I, maybe to to jump to the next to the, the uh, I I don't know solution or otherwise. What do you feel yeah, would you be a better the knife. Uh, What would be a better uh, test? A, a better better than the survey. Oh. What would what would be a better temperature? It, if at all, what's a better solution than what they did with the survey? For instance, uh, th- I guess that's what I would look to is how else do we gauge? And I'm not saying the survey is the end all be all. I'm just saying mm-hmm. what other solutions do you feel like could or should be used to um, to weigh in on it, to be able to weigh in on it? Okay, well, um it's it's not a simple one-step process, and I don't have all the pieces right now, but I'd like to just throw a couple of pieces to the puzzle out and see if they hook up a little bit. Um, for one thing, I think we need an expert, a paid expert in nonprofits on the staff 
at the PDGA or hired as a consultant at the PDGA to vet board candidates and say, you must be this qualified to apply. Um, the self-nomination of uh, potential directors of the board for an organization with this much money and, you know, this, I don't want to say this much power, but this many people that they're responsible for their fun. I don't feel like it, it can be just left up to anybody who steps up anymore. Um, you know, I, I feel like we need a certain level of, at the very minimum business sense, to in each board member to represent or to, to not make a fool of the, of the board and to not make a fool of the organization and to keep the organization from stepping on rakes. Um, and I think that that's just one piece. And another piece is I actually like a little bit more of a Republic type solution as opposed to a pure democracy. I think members of the board should have constituencies and be responsible for doing the best they can with the information they have and making the decisions they have and being accountable for making those decisions at the next election time. But I don't think it needs to be purely poll driven. I think a hint of autocracy might be a good thing. And I'm not saying this is the perfect answer, and I definitely don't have all the puzzle pieces because there are other checks and balances that have to be built in, and I haven't thrown those pieces of the puzzle out on the table yet. So if we do it, I'm just saying right now, it's going to be a friggin' mess, and it won't work. But I feel like I feel like uh, pure um, pure democracy, pure polling numbers, uh, just going with uh, whatever 51 or 80% of the voters say, is not great. Um, I feel like we need a more complicated system with checks and balance competency uh, checks for board candidates um, through an experienced um, impartial party who knows what they're talking about. And I feel like we need to bring more professional into the professional disc golf association. I feel like we're coasting along on this volunteer sort of ad hoc vibe into an era when that no longer fits the size of the organization and the scope of the organization's responsibilities. I, I know the medical committee is anonymous and I, I actually honestly agree with that decision. I, I think regardless of how this came out, I think that it, it, that's probably a good decision for the PDGA, but the board, the board ultimately made the decision. They, they took what they had with the survey, the medical opinions, whatnot. Do you, th and, and we know that the board it, it's, it's out there that the board was divided. Do you think we should know the votes of the board? Absolutely. Because right now our only mechanism is the rotating elections for the uh, direct, uh, for the members of the board of directors. Okay. And if you don't know where your 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 board each member of the board stands on a particular issue, then how can you make an informed decision to try and compose a board that is going to lead the organization in the manner that you think is most suitable? 
Now, uh, following along with the board and what we were just saying and having the voting and every year having, um, you know, ushering in new, well, potentially having the votes to have new board members uh, get replaced mm-hmm. and or maintain their positions. That, like this policy, also is somewhat of a of a malleable document, right? I mean, this is a policy that's in place. Everything mm-hmm. we're talking about today could be completely upended in a year. In yeah, three hundred sixty-five days, we could be having mm-hmm. a completely opposite conversation. I I don't think that's going to be the case, but we could have a totally different. Does that does that excite you? Does that does that help you at well, all? Well, I think. I mean, what? what well, does I think. That mean a cer- I think. You? Well, I mean, uh, a certain amount of agility is important um, because you know an organization needs to be able to respond quickly to a changing world, but it also needs to be able to respond quickly to the rake that it just stepped on and smacked it in the face. Um, You know, locking in any policy for a long duration of time for arbitrary reasons is obviously silly, I think. Yeah. And and I believe in in the statement, they say that they, it's going to be reviewed every, I don't know if it's every year, every two years. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure what it says. So that I'm, I'm, happy about that we can look at it and honestly it again going back to the numbers as far as voting versus survey i mean it's it was almost three to one and you looked at the voting for the election and you had candidates that came out and said exactly what a what the pdj ended up doing that they were going to do and they got voted out they were not voted into the board of directors. We got people who came in mm-hmm. and said, you know, that didn't necessarily address the situation, but definitely didn't uh, uh, politic on saying that they were going to ban transgender athletes. So it's really interesting to me personally to look at how we voted. If you voted out there and if you didn't shame on you, um, we got we got one solution, but the survey 100 percent flips the the. The the situation, yeah. and we get a different answer for the survey. It it boggles my mind. That's a red flag to me. It 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 is, but I think it also here here's what I think. And again, this is a guess for the mm-hmm. survey. Just like I said, the presidential election always brings in more people. This was a big deal to a lot of people, and I think this drove a lot of people. And I'm I'm not going to lie when I say I think it drove more people who were anti than pro. And and I, I say the same thing I do about any election. If you, you can if you don't vote, I'm sorry. And you don't like the results. That's your own fault. So if, if it, it, it sucks, it sucks in, in, in national politics. It sucks here. If if you if you don't like this and you and you didn't vote, mm, bummer for you. And you filled up the survey. I just I wonder if. The fact that this drove so many votes, if this is going to change the the how people vote in the future for elections, I don't know that, that are we going to see more board of directors campaign on this uh, put in their campaign statements or I know it's a red flag and that it's three to one, but I just feel like this particular survey with the the publicity that it got for what it was doing pushed more people to vote for it and like it or not we, we've seen out there this this particular thing emboldens it emboldens dickheads 
to our own online. <laughs> like, I, I hate to say it, but it's true. Like, you, you see people out there who are now more emboldened. And, and again, I've seen people be a jerk on both sides. People that I agree with. I've watched them take methods that I don't agree with when, when talking to other people. Like calling names and such like that is, is I don't necessarily usually after calling people dickheads and I'm saying, I don't like to call people names. I get it. It's whatever, but it's, it's really, I think, I do think that this pushed a a specific button for a specific type of person. And I, I I'm not doubting the survey results. Honestly, I, it it wouldn't shock me if this was 95%, we'll say 95% accurate. Because I, th- I think this survey really pushed certain people. And I do think that this result is a reaction to that. This policy is a reaction to that particular survey. I don't think it's just the survey. I think it played a, I think it played a part in it. I think it played a part in the DGPT decision. I think it played a part in the PDGA decision. I think that there are probably people on the ground in these divisions that have probably talked to both the PDGA and the DGPT privately. And... I mean, if we're really just going to summarize it, some would mm-hmm. say the people have spoken. And and I understand what you, everything you just said in mm-hmm. terms of how you may disagree with how we got there. But it, I think a summation would be someone could say, well, the people have mm-hmm. spoken and this yeah. is what we have as a result. And then if we just look at it at that level, it's hard to say, okay, here's what we got for responses. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to intentionally go against what this large majority of people have have taken the effort to actually express. And I yeah, think that's where that's that's if uh, at a very high generic level, that's what we're mm-hmm. looking at. And and, and it, honestly it does feel at face value, it feels very hard to argue with that otherwise. If 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 you do anything and you get eighty percent of people that say one thing just instinctually, I think it's very difficult to be like, oh, okay, 80% of people said that, huh? Yeah, let's mm-hmm. not do that. Like, that's that that's mm. that feels counterintuitive. Well, and I think that's where we're at with mm-hmm. the overall landscape of, of this policy and, and of this PDGA membership-driven organization. And I think that's... If I may. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, sorry. Um, um, just... If, if we, uh, I want to walk through this um, this timeline because, you know, in July the big deal was the election of the board, and there was one major contentious issue that candidates were either aligning for or against or just putting it way down on their list of priorities and not saying, and because it's such a large field, and because you know. Uh, you know, a, a base failed to coalesce behind their two chosen candidates. Those two chosen candidates didn't get in. That's one kind of dynamic because there were what was it nine candidates? Is that right? Um, it was it was a big field. Yeah. It was yeah. a big field. It was very very divided. And then the issue. And then at the end of July, the vote the announce the results were announced, and two particular candidates were not elected to the board. And a lot of people breathe this sigh of relief. And then a month or two later, the survey comes out. And my immediate response was, oh, no. Because the issue had been presumably settled to a degree. 
you know, we had the election, you lost, get over it. But then we've got this one issue survey that comes along. The field does not split. There's not nine candidates. You've got one issue up or down or agree or disagree, strongly agree or strongly disagree. And, you know, you're going to get your bell curve and what side of the center line, the the top of the bell, bell curve falls on is sort of the results of the plebiscite. And I saw that coming and I was like, this is, they're taking a second swipe at it. For whatever reason, whoever has the authority to push out this survey wants a second cut at it. And if they get good numbers on the survey, they're going to do it. And I had a lot of people of good conscience and good faith trying to talk me down off of that ledge for the last three or four months. No, it won't come to that. It won't come to that. And sure enough, it came to that. Yeah, the second that survey came out, um, I was like, yeah, they're taking a second swipe at it. If they get the numbers they want on the survey, it's a done deal. And sure enough, here we are, and I'm talking to y'all. Yeah, I, I'm, I'll real quickly say, though, I, I, I don't think... I guess in essence, I'll, I'll say I disagree in that. I don't feel like they didn't, quote unquote, get what they wanted during the election or that, you know, the results didn't come back. Therefore, they had to back end it with a new survey. I think the medical committee and the PDGA said, we quite frankly, we don't have enough information. And this will be one more puzzle piece to us assembling a policy and a structure for where we stand with our transgender policy. So one of those components will be this survey. I would feel differently if this survey was the end all be all, the only thing that the, there wasn't even a medical com- committee. And just one day the board was like, hey, we should do a survey and whatever that comes back. Let's just do that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it was much more thought out in terms of this survey is one component, one little puzzle it, piece to the overall, you know, a plan of attack of, I don't want to call it an attack, this overall solution it. plan, though, that we want to come up with. The survey happened to skew, in this case, not in your favor uh, specifically, but I don't it think... It wasn't there, going to. There was not an... I, I, I agree, but there was not an agenda of I that's where I just I just I'll just say I disagree. I do not feel like there was a concerted effort of, hey, uh, we we didn't get what we wanted here and we've got another way to back end this. Let's do that with a survey. I don't feel like that was anyone's objective. The survey may I, have showed what we thought it would show, but I don't think somebody I had that objective. I think that the survey that's me is honestly reflective of where we are right now as a country. Like for a lot of people, this is still pretty new. I mean, for some people, it's not, you know, people we we can look at a lot of things and and, and much like, you know, you talked about interracial marriage. We're, we're talking the same thing politically about abortion. We're talking the same thing about, you know, gay marriage, like the country generally tends to move progressive. I think we're very early in this particular um, uh, facet of knowledge with a lot of things. There are people right now, they're being exposed to things that they never even imagined. <laughs> and, and I, I think personally, I think we'll push. We'll, it's going to take, I said about a decade for the PDGA. I don't know if it's going to be that long, but b- before I think we really probably re look at this subject. And well, I, I hope it's sooner, but yeah. I, I also know that the PDGA is very particular and it seems to 
not necessarily move at the speed of which individuals move. So. Yeah, I'm in, I'm inclined to agree with you that the moral arc of the universe does over the long run bend towards justice. However, it's not a natural motion. No, we have to push it. Hundred percent. We have to be we have to be the ones pushing on that arc to get it to go that way. And that means that means everybody. That means uh, people who maybe don't feel super strongly one way or the other, um, and maybe people who prefer tranquility to the tumult and noise of people trying to achieve their rights need to come off the fence and say a little discomfort and a little noise is okay if the goal is to make things better for everyone in the long run. And I don't know, I don't know how to reach those people aside from saying to saying to you all right now, get off the fence and help me push the moral arc of the universe towards justice a little bit. Pretty please with sugar on top. (laughs) Well, I I think we will forever have an impasse is what I think. The question is at to what degree, what level there's there's simply never going to be a certain uh, number or percentage of people that will, uh, you know, bend in their thought process as to where this is. And I. What, I, I guess it's just going to be interesting to no, see what still, that number is. There's still people that don't believe in interracial marriage. There's still people that don't believe in gay marriage. There's still people who, you know, who just there's still people who probably still believe that a, a woman's place is only in the house. I like I online deal daily with people who <laughs> want to go back to, you know, before the Civil War. Yeah, exactly. They want, I mean, they, they want to go back to ownership of humans, the, the, and, and they'll just be, they'll just tell, and they'll just put it that way. That percentage is always going to be with us. I agree. Yeah. I mean, the, the, there'll always be a small slice. You're never going to convince 100 percent of the people. Yeah. My personal hope is that we can get to that. We can, that we can flip the script. That we can get to the 80 percent. That's my hope. And would be nice. I I and again may, maybe <laughs> maybe we're all wrong. Maybe we'll never get there. I don't know. Maybe we won't get there in my lifetime. Or, or maybe maybe that study that you alluded to earlier will come out and um, I'll, I'll be forced to change everything I know about the universe and quit. <laughs> so let me. I mean, let me oh, my. The, oh, my. Oh, my God. I am crazy. I do need a psychiatrist for no, I, for the sake of. No, well, I that's, don't. that's a That's that's a, that's no, another. That's another another thing. You might need it for other reasons, Nova. I've seen your comments online. <laughs> well, so you know, you read it. You 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 purposefully with me hang out on Reddit. That immediately says that we're a little bit off. In 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 <laughs> for the sake of completeness, um, and and I I now feel like it's a it's absolutely a fair question to uh, anytime this conversation happens. Yeah. When someone says to you or says mm-hmm. just generically online, hey. Sure. I've got the solution. Let's have a transgender division. I, I would just no. like to hear your response to that because <laughs> okay. that is that's a that's a go to response. Yeah, yes, it is all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And and I would just like to give you the opportunity when someone says or you read, which I'm sure you read daily, someone says, "Hey, I got the solution." Yeah, let's just put all the transgender competitors in a sure. single division. Your yeah. response to that is, um. It's usually just STFU, but because uh, because you asked so kindly, um, I will do it once here 
on this show and hopefully we get a timestamp and then I can just point to it in future discussions when that comes up in the future. Fair so but, but an hour and seven so minutes into the show. Yeah, let's bookmark this. Okay, here's the response to that. And listen up because I'm not saying it again, ever. Um, first off, um, separate but equal is inherently unequal. That's settled law in the United States. Um, uh, go back to desegregation. Uh, second, um, how many divisions uh, does your tournament director have in a given tournament on a given weekend for your 72 or 90 people at a B or a C or an A tier? Um, let's instantly, instantly multiply that by a factor of 50% more. Um, you know, you had MPO, FPO, MP40, FP40. That's a joke. There's never FP40. Um, uh, MA1, FA1, MA2, FA2, MA3, you know, however many divisions that is, what are we up to? About dozen, dozen and a half. Um, let's have a, let's have another nine to 12 divisions on top of that. Um, and now let's do this for a fraction of the, and this is, I'm segueing into point three. Let's do this for a fraction of the disc golfing population that is a percent of a minority. The man to woman ratio in the PDGA, just people who say they're men, people who say they're women, don't care how they got there. The ratio of men to women in the PDGA is like 93.5% to 6.5%, and it's been plus or minus. 0.1% for the last eight years. And I know because I'm a nerd and I read it every year. Um, I'd say 28 years, but yeah, it's it's been forever. I, roughly I 90, 93 to, yeah, yeah. 93 yeah. to 7%. Yeah. Yeah. That's a 14 to 1 ratio of men to women. And already most women's divisions don't get offered on any given weekend. You go to a B tier, C tier. Um, I don't know what it's like where you're at. Maybe it's different on the coasts for you elites, but out here in the middle of the country, um, typical B tier, C tier, 72 or 90 players, four or five women max, which means, you know, on a field of 90, hey, this just throw all the, the five women on a card, whatever their skill levels are. Cool. Um, that's easy. But now you take that 7% that's women, however they got there, and say, let's split out the transgender women into their own division t p o and t p 40 and wow these sound weird when i say them out loud um a a fraction of a a percent of seven percent is how many you're going to have a field of one in one division among the 20 possible divisions 99 percent of the time 99.9 percent of the time yeah and that's at the tournaments where a trans player even shows up mm-hmm. because I'm not going to lie. You, you, you make it to where trans women are playing in TPO and TP 40 and TF a, Oh my God, how does this work? Um, no, we're just going to quit. Um, because separate, because you go back to point one separate, but equal feels bad and it's garbage and it's not equal and it's extremely othering. Um, the point of transition, and this is going to get into the feels and away from the reels. So all your reels versus feels people check out for a second. Miss me. Um, the whole point of transition for, well, for binary trans people, because non-binary people are real and valid. Love you too. Um, is not 
to be trans forever. There are a lot of binary trans people. Um, I'm one of them. Not saying it's the best way to go. I'm saying it's a way to go, and it's the one I'm doing. I didn't give up everything I gave up, and I gave up a lot. Um, I gave up more than a voluntarily, really, more than 99% of the audience could could ever lose. Um, and if you do ever lose as much as I do, you have my condolences because it sucks. Um, go through all of that. Live your authentic life. Get a passport that says the gender that you are. A birth certificate that says the gender you are. Um, lose lose friends, lose family, lose potential income, lose real income, lose jobs, lose, become a hated, you know, member of society to be a part-time, whatever you are to, you know, I, I don't give up all of that to be a woman six days and 12 and a half hours a week. And then when I'm at the disc golf course playing at a sanctioned event, to be in the trans division. I don't want to move from one space to the other every weekend for the thing I do for fun and the thing I do to see my friends. And I think a lot of people feel the same way I do. And you, you split MPO and FPO and TPO. You, you, you miss the T's. We're gone. Um, our attendance will plummet. Um, because this separate but equal thing is not equal. We see through it. We, we, we PG word, it's bullshit. And we're not going to put up with it. And because that's, we don't do what we do to live that way and to suffer such foolishness. We, we will find better things to do with our time and shake the dust off our feet. Um, so for once and for all, that is why we don't have all the T divisions. Bookmark it. Have, have something. Thank you for explaining. Uh, Donata. Have, has something like this survey and, and the policy. Um, To follow that point, will will this just drive you or others out of the sport? And some will, some will. I have had conversations with cisgender women who don't feel ethically like they can give another nickel to the PDGA, and they don't feel good participating. Uh, and that's just in the in the past. Uh, God, what time is it? In the past thirty six hours since I first learned of this and been talking about this with people who take things seriously, um, people of goodwill with strong ethical cores out of solidarity for transgender people are saying, I can't be a part of this, this or in their words, not my words, the organization is rotten and they want nothing to do with it. And I'm not going to question their wisdom. I, I I did see a post. Um, it wasn't a direct post. I think it was a, a cut and paste from Chloe Alice saying that, there's a very good chance she's done that if it that she doesn't feel welcome that's a shame agreed yeah so yeah um and honestly i i respect that decision um because it's up to everybody to find their comfort level um i'm very truculent i have no problem 
putting one foot in front of the other, despite the people who would see me stopped. Not a problem. You know, their, their booze mean nothing to me. I've seen what makes them cheer. Um, Natalie Ryan has, has, uh, stated that she's looking for, you know, legal representation. I believe there's a GoFundMe in place Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. Have, Have you had any conversations with her? Um, directly and and yeah, i and i yeah. apologize if that um if i we, we talk a little bit but i'm not yeah, going to share strategy together. i don't i don't mean to do that <laughs> no Excuse we me. have we have a we, yeah we have a secret club where we all hang out and uh, exchange knee socks okay um and then we we, we put on skirts and go spinny it's adorable you, your knee socks would come up to her waist <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> poor natalie she's not the tallest <laughs> no i buy thigh highs and they go to my knees it's the worst no i'm just kidding i wear i wear crew socks because i'm an athlete anyway <laughs> i'm sorry that's a, that's a, that's an online trans stereotype and i'm just having a lot of fun with it to break the mood excuse me i'm not trying to put anybody in a box uh well natalie has actually assuming this is um the real natalie which i believe it is it to is. be uh says correction i have legal representation so uh i guess mm-hmm. to, to uh, further that point yeah. Um, yeah she's in chat yeah so i i guess my question is um you know have you seen other scenarios where you feel like they're um, some le- uh, legal, um, you know, either precedents or whatever may take place that you feel like is directly uh, relatable and applicable. Because as we said earlier, a lot of this is new to a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, ourselves, maybe included, the PDGA, everyone, and sporting organizations in general. Yep. I feel like this yep. is very new. People who are smarter than me have told me things, and I listen to them because they're smarter than me. And something I've learned, and. I probably could assess this out myself, but it just would have taken a lot longer. So I'm glad they told me Um, is that this policy could cause trouble for tournament directors who are members of professional organizations because of what they do for a living, aside from being a TD that have a code of ethics that includes a non-discrimination clause that includes transgender people. And if a person in such a career runs a tournament in a jurisdiction or well, skip jurisdiction, if such a person runs a tournament where they have to enforce what is a considered a discriminatory policy by their, by their professions, professional body, do they risk censure? And could we lose volunteer tournament directors that way? And then getting over to jurisdictions, in jurisdictions that have more robust anti-transgender discrimination laws, are these volunteer tournament directors potentially exposing themselves to some sort of legal opprobrium? And I don't know the answer to that question, but I think the doubt around it could discourage tournament directors from wanting to do that i don't know i mean i live in missouri where yesterday they proposed a law to take away the children of adults who let them transition even if you do it in another state so i'm not going to court anytime soon out here this jurisdiction is screwed um so no you won't see me you you won't see me in state court federal court or the people's court not in missouri um (laughs) but from a from a professional or a professional 
governing body standpoint, like, I don't know, bar associations or engineering, whatever engineers do, what, what, what's their group called? Um, you know, white collar professionals who are parts of larger organizations for their licensure that have these codes of ethics that might include uh, transgender non-discrimination clauses, we might be losing them as TDs. And then, of course, TDs, and I'm repeating myself, you know, you know the other part, I yeah. just said it, excuse me. I, I'll say about regarding Natalie's uh, GoFundMe. Um, I understand that. I I read it. I didn't love some of the phrasing, and I know Natalie's on the board, so she can she can chime in if, if she likes. Of, I feel like she did demean some of the FPO division, and I understand that it is um, coming from a place of not necessarily happiness. Um, I don't. I've I've said this before about Natalie. I think she's always welcome, and and I respect and I believe in what she's doing. But I don't necessarily I didn't necessarily love that particular aspect of uh, of of the the phrasing of how of how she went about it. I think it 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 did nothing to help her cause. Um, I don't want to judge the actions of a trauma survivor when they're I, experiencing a fresh trauma. Hundred percent, and that's what I'm saying is that I I, I don't I don't think I don't think that's a good idea. I, I I can look past some things. I I mean hindsight's twenty twenty and um and and it's all pretty fresh. But um but I I I support because I I think that we are in this is from what Natalie's doing. This is new. I don't know if we've seen anything like anything like this go to a court of law vert to a um a, a sporting organization. Assuming that's where this goes. It, that we we meet the end. I I don't know, and I don't know what type of legality we're going to see in each individual state, in different countries, in different continents. I I don't know where this goes. I don't know what what the uh, what it's going to look like. If things would be different in Europe versus the U.S., uh, there there there's a lot that we're possibly stepping into over the next couple of years. Because again, knowing the way that the uh, that the legal system works it's not usually fast so th- this could this this could be going on for years to come yeah i yeah this is this is not my project so i yeah. i don't know anything about it and what little i've been told i've been told in confidence um understand so can cannot talk about it and i'm so sorry that's fine yeah, I, I guess before we start to wrap up or let you go, I, I think um, from your wow, perspective... Wow, this has been a minute. Yeah, I well, know. They, I welcome mean, to Smashbox. Smash yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, from your perspective, uh, where do we go from here? Uh, we, we're in a, yeah. a in a very applicable, realistic, timely uh-huh. fashion. I mean, I'm not speaking just high level kind of... I'm, mm-hmm. I'm speaking like in the weeds, granular, like specific... Uh, where do you go from here? What 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 do you do next? Personally or, personal? or yeah, you personally. Um, I, I, um, I, I think everyone has kind of their take and their path yeah. as to what they're doing, yeah. depending on where they stand, yeah. which is yeah. fine with everyone. Where where do you okay. personally go next? Knowing your, I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna I'm gonna play in 2023, uh, and I'm gonna try to get my three X in Flagstaff. Um, but even though I am extremely unhappy with what the PDGA has done. Uh, In fact, I'll just say it. I despise what the PDGA has done. Uh, It's given me the longest 36 hours that I've had in a couple of decades at this point. 
and that includes some conflicts with family. I am going to persist anyway, and you're going to say, Nova, how do you ethically square the circle of continuing to participate with this organization that you just said you despise? And I'm going to answer that question because it is a, I think it's a very good question. Um, transgender people, and I'm going to, not all of us, but enough that I can generalize, have a fraught relationship with institutions, whether it's a governmental agency, um, the hospital, schools and uh, school boards, uh, political parties, employers. Um, we exist in a constant state of tension with institutions because we are aware that almost no institution altruistically has our best interests at heart at any given time. They'll take the path of least resistance, whatever that path is. And if that means that at in a given moment, they can turn on us and throw us under the bus because that's the path of least resistance, or if they can treat us in a discriminatory manner or discard us when we're not convenient, they will. And as a result, the, st the support network for transgender people is not institutions. We don't say we can count on the courts to save us or we can call the cops. And <laughs> if things are bad, we can call the cops because they might take us to jail. And when you're trans, you do not want to go to jail. Trust me on this one, because you don't know which cells you're going to go into. It's a gross. Anyway, we, we, we mistrust institutions. So our support structure is other people. It's our community. It's the loved ones who we trust, who we love, and they love us, our friends and our, our chosen family, to use a term. And right now, my chosen family and my friends and the people who I love and the people who love me the most are disc golfers. And not just the ones in my local community who I see at a weekly league, but people I might see once or twice a year at tournaments when I, when I go out on the road and get out five, six, seven hundred miles away from home. And they're so happy to see me and I'm so happy to see them. And we have such a great time. And that's my social safety net. Those are, those are my people. And if I give up on disc golf, I'm giving up on my people. I am discarding my social safety net. So the actions of the PDGA could have driven a wedge between me and my, and my safety net, but I'm not going to let them. I'm going because mistrusting one more institution is not a big ask for me. You know, I already mistrust so many institutions. I'm already skeptical of the motives of so many organizations and authority figures that being skeptical of the PDGA, man, you know, the day the PDGA broke your heart might have been the worst day of your life. But the day the PDGA broke my heart was Tuesday. <laughs> so it's, you know, I mean, I, I know this sounds glibly cynical and I'm sorry uh, if I'm if I'm hurting any feelings, but I'm going to continue on because you can't take my friends away. I, I won't let you. Um, it takes more than that to get me and my friends apart. I need them, and they like me, and they love me, and that's that. And I don't know. Maybe if I keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep representing and people keep seeing that I'm not a terrible monster and a threat to their women and children that I don't know, maybe some minds will be changed and uh, to 
do a callback, that moral arc of the universe will bend backwards again. Um, I'm not saying everybody has to do it. If somebody wants to walk away from disc golf, if they've got another social safety net, or if they're just not in a place where they can ethically continue with the PDGA, I respect that. Go in peace. And in fact, go with my best wishes. But this is where my friends are, so I'm staying. You can't have them. They're mine. I've got two things, and then we'll let you go. Um, one, like like you just said, I, I can't fault anybody for walking away. I, I I always say vote with your dollars. If 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 you don't believe in the 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 policy, either way, because like I said, I've heard both sides don't like this policy, depending on where you are in the uh, in the sport. I, I can't fault that. Me personally, I'm I'm always a fan of fighting from within. So finding a way to if, if you don't like the policy, stick with it. Vote with, you know, vote your beliefs if, if either way. I, I'm I'm not going to fault you, you know, depending on which way you feel. I, I Everybody knows at this point how I feel. And finally, the second thing is, Nova, I miss Lady of the Chains. So, yeah. So anyway, if you could, if you get, if you can work on some, 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 some of that podcast a little bit, I know you weren't kind of heading that up, but you had, you were involved in it. <laughs> Maybe maybe poke uh, a little bit because I I feel like we're we mm. are missing. I I made the comment on on a Discord that we we have a lot of podcasts in disc golf, but we have a lack of a different perspective that Ladies of the Chains gave. Because if you look at the podcasts and if you look at our sport, I, I think of the big ones: Foundation, Smashbox, Alta World, um on the box we're all middle-aged white guys <laughs> and, and, I, and i get it like we, we i we, i think we need different perspectives and that was at least a start um so if you could like poke a person or two to get that going i'm still subscribed i haven't seen a podcast in a while so please we, we need a different perspective we need more voices um, i'll see if i can buy the name um the, the owner the owner and producer, Becca Kephart, uh, mm-hmm. she was the driving force behind the whole thing, um, all props. She is a professional musician and music teacher and uh, plays gigs and teaches. And if you know anybody in that life, it is a gig life and you're constantly moving and hustling and everything is in a state of flux. And the state of flux took her away from the ability to do podcasts. Well, start your own. Um, I mean, it doesn't have to be lazy. The chains. That was just the one I'm subscribed to. If you can get a different uh, one, I mean, just in general, I, I would, I would love an uh, FPO or a, a women's perspective. I, I, okay. I, would, I would love your perspective in general. I, I think there are you, as you said, you are an underserved community. I think there's a voice out there. I, I, I love all the podcasts I listen to. I like listening to Dixon. I don't agree with him on a lot of things, but I, I, I like listening to him. Um, I, 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 I watch a little bit of the foundation stuff. I don't watch much disc golf in general, so sorry. Okay. Um, I do listen yeah. to Ulta World now and again. Um, I, I'm good friends with Charlie, but we do have a very limited perspective on who, who tends to be our media right now. Um, and so I, um, I would I would love it if we could get more perspectives. That's all I'm saying. So anyway, start a podcast. Um, no, but if you want to do it, I'll tell you what. Box. We're here. I'll tell you what. I will start I'll tell you what. for you. I'll tell you what. I'm you. You get me going on a podcast. You're going to hear some leftist shit. Um, so, <laughs> well, there's a there's room. For yeah, that. Do you, I, I have no problem. Do with that. you do you if, do you really want ladies if, of the chains 
do break and chains electric boogaloo. <laughs> I'm, 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 he- I'm here for it. If you, if you, if you want to start a it. podcast, I'll host it. I'll make sure that you have a voice. Um, I, and I say that for anybody out there. If, if you will regularly give us content and you are a perspective that I feel that is, is underserved or not seen, by all means, reach out to me. I will make sure that you that that you that you get sets that you get something set up. Smashbox is open for All right. always. So okay, I'll if, tell you it's. But, but that's you are again. you are getting me way out of my comfort zone. I'm such an introvert. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad I can push you a little bit out of your comfort zone. I think that's difficult sometimes. So anyway, Nova. I, I, we do appreciate um, your time tonight. We appreciate all your input. It, it is is always good to. I, I, I always smile when I get to read your comments, whether it's online or on particularly on Reddit. I seem to see you most. Um, I know you, you post there on occasion, but uh, I'm, I, I'm not proud of that. I, I know. No, neither am I. But Nobody should there. be. It's Reddit. But, but yet we're there. I get it. <laughs> so uh, uh, thank you for joining us tonight on uh, on, it's on, on one day. Absolutely notice. delighted to be here. So thank I've, you. this is I've been waiting a long time to be on the show and I'm glad I got to be the only one on the show. Yay. This has yeah. all been worth it. I, I'm and you know what? I hope we have you on again. Maybe uh, maybe to celebrate a three time world championship. Huh? Maybe it's a deal. All right. All right. Nova, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. Take care. Hey, it's it's almost time for the after show. <laughs> almost. It is, almost. It's getting awfully close. Holy All right. Cow. Good night, Nova. I just, good night. It's not official, but I wanted to say good night. <laughs> good night. Uh, Nova Polite, everybody. All right. Um, yeah, we are going to continue to forge through 2023 uh, with these new policies. Uh, policies by the PDGA, policies by the Disc Golf Pro Tour. As you know, we touched on. Not only will they get reviewed, um, they may, one way or another, be well. Not one way or another. They, it, this may be um, the first of of the next fifty years of this same policy. This may be officially, you know, starting to cement it, and it becomes a cornerstone. Good cornerstone of our um, a- athletic, um, competition and policy, or this could be completely different in a year or two years or 10 years. Um, I, I, as we all know, uh, things continue to evolve and change. I, I think that goes with all of our election cycles. Uh, obviously she had some input as to what may or may not be possible changes for the, the overall makeup of our board. I don't know that all of that is, I, I feel like that's all, um, that's all extrapolated thought uh, that I I never would have arrived at uh, where she took all of that in terms of, well, maybe our board, uh, you know, makeup needs to be different or, or, you know, assignments and or voting and such. That's all I, again, I leave like the high level thinking to a lot of other people that aren't (laughs) me. I'm very much more reactionary. Um, Maybe that becomes a, a talking point in the future. Maybe we continue to vote the way we have and and it's, you know, continues to be this way as it's been for the last 40 years. I don't know. But nonetheless, um, most importantly, I think not only do we want the fact that the policy exists and that it is correctly represented or factually represented, it is also great to then have nova and her representation here on the show tonight and so we very much appreciate that hopefully maybe she gave you a perspective of something you never thought about or maybe she reinforced a thought that you already had and you're just more solidified in your ways 
whatever the case might be, I hope that Nova provided some insight and perspective because oftentimes, you know, we obviously say representation matters, but oftentimes, like you just said, it's a couple of guys sitting around talking about a lot of issues that we aren't personally experiencing mm-hmm. or living through or um, having those those challenges that she can have on any given day. You and I some don't, things that we couldn't yeah. even truly honestly fathom. Yeah, you and I don't have to think nearly about the things that our trans athletes have to think about. And and it it is I know this is a a heated word, but it, it is our privilege that we don't have to do that. And uh and and I'm glad that we can get different points of view. I I didn't necessarily agree with everything Nova said, but I'm glad we had her on. I'm I'm glad that there are people out there that do. And there's a lot of people on the board I'm watching right now that really didn't like what we said. I'm okay with that. But that's kind of why we're here. Yeah. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about some player stuff. Let's, All right. Let's go there. Other Let, player stuff. Other, yeah, other player stuff. Um, we've seen a couple players starting to announce their their movement from their current sponsor. Uh, the big one, Anthony Barella. Anthony Barella announced uh, sometime late last week, I believe, um, that he was leaving Innova. And I have an update to that. Oh, do you? From when Anthony Barella slid oh. into my DMs. Oh, geez. Since An- the show started. Anthony. Oh, geez. Don't slide into Terry's DMs. <laughs> it's creepy. Well, to be fair, I started it. I'm sure you did. Um, I get no exclusive updates other than him telling me <laughs> January 1st is the date. <laughs> I asked him any on or off the record, and uh, he he did reply, actually, just in the last couple hours. Um. It would make sense because his of contract course. with Innova, you, I believe the Innova contracts tend to go uh, January to January. So he is respecting his contract. I give him all the props for that. Um, we can project and guess. There there are a, a thousand different things we could guess with Anthony Barella. Any particular manufacturer would be blessed to have him. He does have a lot of really strong roots with Paul Macbeth. A, a lot of people called him a little Paul Macbeth protege. Um, he is in Arizona where Paul Ulibarri was from. So there's strong discraft pull there. So uh, a lot of, you know, I, I would say that the, if you're betting smart money, the smart money is discraft, but we've also seen a lot of smaller manufacturers like your clash, like your lone star that can easily look at Anthony and say, he could be our flagship player. Now, Anthony has not toured, done a full tour because of school. I don't know if his plan in 2023 is to do the full tour or not, but it would. I would think if, if he's going to make a big announcement with a new sponsor, that might be on the horizon if I were to take a, 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 an educated guess. Here's what I'll say about Anthony Barella. He can throw any disc really, really far. You can throw paper plates really, you, really far. You would Minis. even say he could yeet a disc? I, I would not ever say that because I'm 44 years old. Uh-huh. So, but AB. A, any, AB may say that. Um, funny story. We had, uh, we, we had a birthday party here for my daughter last week. We have a little finished basement there. There is an area behind our couch where the kids like to jump and crawl. It's kind of this little thing. A girl literally said, I'm going to yeet myself out of this spot. And... <laughs> 
said it in a regular conversation and I just chuckled like mm, the kids do say it. <laughs> so I'm too. I mean, if you're if you're I, yeah, I, you know, nine year olds are still saying it. Eleven. But yes. Um, year olds. Yeah. But but I'm 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 too I'm personally too old to say it. anyway. I could see Anthony Barella being a flagship player at Clash at Lone Star at, at any smaller manufacturer that could give him a thing. And the way Anthony throws. Maybe you can really. Maybe you have a better feeling on the pulse of this. If Anthony Barella is throwing a disc and it goes real far. And he's playing well. It's probably going to sell well. That guy throws, and it feels to me drivers tend to sell better for sponsored players. Is is, is that a pretty fair statement? Like I, I just don't know. Other than Paul and the Luna, I know other players are sponsored by or, or have their signature disc as putters. But it really feels to me like a signature disc that's a driver, a fairway emit, or not a, a fairway or a distance driver tend to sell better for players. I mean, you've got the Sexton Firebird, which is the ultimate highest you can be like that is the 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 pinnacle of selling discs as a sponsored player i think um and then you if you want to talk a single disc then you've got all the paul Macbeth stuff (laughs) like and it doesn't matter with paul because he can sponsor anything again he can put his name on a paper plate and people are going to buy it do you feel that if you put anthony barella's name on a uh, on a signature driver of almost any manufacturer that that's probably going to sell very well yeah i I, I would tend to agree. Of course, you know, he's known for driving and the distance that he has. So it only makes sense, in my opinion, a very unprofessional, unsponsoring opinion, that you would attach it to some form of driver. It could be a fairway, but I like the idea personally of a distance driver uh, because of his just raw power and, and, that's, and whatnot. And that's what's funny, because I think if he goes to Discraft, what distance driver is he going to get? Like they're 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 almost all taken. Always you can always vary, and we can have a jawbreaker, flex, sparkle, metal flake, glow force, or whatever. Do you have Uh, some of them? Yeah, you probably do. They're all the rage. I I think you probably Uh, do. I could get you into a pair today for just forty nine ninety nine. But and they say AB on the back already. Perfect. Nice. nice. Um, So. Yeah, it, it would make sense likely to have uh, him with a driver, some, you know, and but now there are so many variations and this is not worth fully diving into, but there's just so many variations of the disc lineups and there's the tour series disc, then there's signature disc, mm-hmm. then there's a special run of discs and then inevitably you win something, you get another maybe a special set of commemorative discs, depending on how on top of it your sponsor really is and then is the artwork any good? Are they already oversaturating? There's so many <laughs> massive annoyances that I see on the daily when it comes to all those things I just mentioned um, that now it's more convoluted and messy than ever, but... Yes, putting putting him on a driver of some sort seemingly and, would make sense, but and I just feel we'll see, and and I don't mean this insulting. Anthony Barella right now is a tier two level player in our MPO field. He is not regularly winning events. I don't believe he's ever won an elite series event. Um, he tends to play very well, and then usually have a, a stretch of. I don't know what it is, but not play well, <laughs> um, whether it's putting, whether it's OB. I mean, he won this weekend, but go on. He, he did. But again, is it an elite series event? Who was the who was his strongest competitor? Was it were they within 10 ratings points of him? Not so much. OK, so uh, well, Drew Gibson 
uh, was not the closest to him. Oh, Drew Gibson was the closest ratings wise, but finished 12 spots behind him. OK, so just in general, AB a- a- is an elite talent when it comes to driving and to put someone like him, like a, will say almost any tier two level player in our sport into a smaller company to me right now feels really good. He, he might not get what he would get at a, uh, at a disc or we'll just say Innova or prodigy, whatever that may be. Even if he wasn't the, the focus of that particular team, he might not get that at a, uh, at a smaller thing, but he would be focused on more. He might not get the same perks. I, I really like the idea of some of AB going to a smaller company and really being the guy there. That's what I would like to see. I don't know if that's what we're going to see. Kind of speaking to that, um, there are a lot of rumors out there right now um, that Mason Ford is leaving DD and going to Mint. I, I have heard more than one rumbling from a few places so i figured that has not been minted in it has not been minted anywhere yet but that is what i'm hearing is mason ford to mint and that's how i feel like mason ford is again a tier two level mpo player he has a lot of potential he won a silver series event last year was it this year even Mm, no last year i think it was last year yes he has potential and i don't feel like dd where he was at really highlighted him much I think it was uh, for DD. A lot of the focus was on Ricky and uh, the FPO field. Uh, Val, Kona, Macy, uh, Holland. Like those were really their core things. I kind of feel like Mason was not quite in the spotlight. And to be fair, I don't think he earned the spotlight at any point. So for him to move to a smaller company like Mint, again, same mentality. I think it makes sense. At Mint, he can be a big fish in a small pond. Because Mint is not the size of any of the big, we'll say the big four or five, whatever you want to call them, you know. Um, And so he could be a focus at Mint, especially as a touring player. And every year you hear me say this, I'm always, always all about couples on tour splitting sponsorship. Bang for your buck. Bang for your buck. Have one go with one manufacturer, one with another. I didn't like it when Mason and, and Val together signed with dd mm. i well, I, they should have if they did, i love dd why are they not consulting you i don't know i love That's dd what i want to know good friends there <laughs> but i wouldn't want them to sign with the same manufacturer at all i say hedge your bets always go if you're a couple on tour always go with two manufacturers just mm. m- make you know just uh you never know hmm that's that's just my words of wisdom as an old man who's never toured and ever really ever amounted to anything on <laughs> yeah, uh, in, in yeah. the pro field. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, take that for what it's worth. Sounds creative. <laughs> it's always when I look for my best touring advice, I it's, go to Johnny it's right v. here as I you go sh- to Johnny v. As, as as you should as we should. Yeah. Thank you for that insight. I'm I'm sure all the. <laughs> The pros just hit rewind and just, they just yeah. snuggled right up to their just their laptop. Make clip that out. What mark did Johnny B say? Let me let me That's lock right. that one in. That's right, uh, Terry. Did you see one or two other uh, athletes that were changing? Or um, uh, well, I, I was just going to circle back briefly, and I have no dog in this fight or official knowledge, but I would be willing to make a wager that we'll see Anthony Umbrella and Team Discraft. Well, that, that's what I said. That's what the smart. Money yeah, is. I'm just yeah, that that that's my. Official, unofficial thing. That means nothing. A lot of it makes sense. There's a lot of ties to Discraft. 
And maybe maybe someone at Discraft is leaving or being shown the door, and there'll be a, sl- a, a perfectly clear slot for him for a disc. Mm. Or maybe he'll get his own disc. It is slot, disc slotted. Uh, okay. Um, I don't know if I Did have you see publicly some- any other... Oh. Any other... I thought you saw something uh, on the other side of the country, other side of the world. Oh, yeah. Uh, interestingly enough. Um, I thought that one, was public. But yes, I... <laughs> yeah, it is, because it was. you did post it to okay, Facebook. Okay, so I was I'm pretty consider, sure. No, that's that's legit. I did. I, I forgot for a moment. Uh, Cassie Sweeten um, had just made an announcement. I saw it just before we went live uh, here tonight, and uh, she put up... Uh, as we wrap up 2022, I'd like to take this opportunity to share the news that I won't be continuing my sponsorship with Innova next year. For the last five years, I've been given an opportunity to be on the international team. I've personally hit a lot of goals and shared amazing highlights with them over that time. But for now, it's me to hang up my wings. I'll be forever grateful for the opportunity. Uh, I, I mean, let's put it this way. Australian disc golf, uh, disc golf, disc golf, <laughs> women's, especially women's. and And I would almost even... When, to me, she is the face of Australian disc golf. And that goes to the ambassador. Her husband plays. Her husband's best friend plays. They're professionals. There's a lot of other people in Australia and no disrespect to any of them. But when I personally think of Australia disc golf and Australian disc golf, outside of my my boys, Kinga and Luke and those guys, when I think of professional representatives and players of australia cassie sweeten is the person period okay and um so i've heard the name i don't necessarily obviously clearly uh, i don't know the player uh you you actually probably briefly met her in 2010 at the japan open oh Oh, um for what that's worth it was a long time ago for all of us but yeah um if she wasn't there in 10 it was 08 i drank or she might have been in both but either way she has just she's um you know been um I, I believe part of Throw Pink as well. Part of Innova. Uh just competed against Jen Allen, who was there competing a few weeks ago uh in Australia. And I you just cannot say enough kind things about um the, the professional and yet friendly face that she has been and just representing uh disc golf in in Australia. So whoever she may align herself with some obvious thoughts for me would be New Zealand's RPM, who is just across the little little body of water there um, in New Zealand. That would come to mind. I know she and some friends have ties to Latitude, um, or it could be something entirely new. Maybe she's with Lone Star. I don't know. I think that would be really random, and and uh, but anything's possible these days. I think we just start putting every player on Lone Star at this <laughs> there you point. Go. And so we unfortunately we hurt them because it's disappointing at the end of the year. They're like someone's like I heard a lot of players going to Lone Star on Smashbox, and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, they, and they end up signing one. They get all this uh, publicity that. Um, Lone Star, we are looking for sponsorship. No. Um, so you can be part of the Ranger team. Um, anyway, that's what I will say about that. So best of luck to her and uh, wherever she lands. Like I said, uh, she will definitely be an asset to any disc golf company and or manufacturer that uh, ultimately she represents. Uh, and real quick, I do want to circle back around uh, something we touched on right before we spoke with Nova. Um, ratings updates came out and we did see Manabu. Uh, become the highest rated player in our sport at 1051 one point i believe ahead of paul mcbath who was at 1050 
And that may surprise a lot of you because he doesn't tour. And I almost, I don't know if that's more impressive or less impressive that he can only play B tiers with a limited field. And he is uh, our highest rated player because I, I think that has to be difficult to get your rating up that high when, when you don't have a chance to play against these top rated players. And yet he is, uh, he's representing. So Prodigy currently right now has the number one rated player in the world. Uh, yeah, looking at his season for this year, uh, he's played in nine events. He's won eight of them and took second at a, at the double. So we'll definitely blame his partner. <laughs> oh, certainly. <laughs> for sure. I, we, if we can find out whoever his partner was, we'll, uh, we'll I'll tell you in a minute. We will definitely have to call them out. The partner there was... I, I'm going to feel bad when it's... Uh, uh, Masaki Ayoka. Oh, gosh, that guy. Just uh, dragging just down Manabu. <laughs> no, no, no. I apologize. No, Misaki was the winner. Oh. Uh, uh, so they tied Rico Kenyomaya was oh. his partner. I should have known. That's M- typical. Masaki is one of the guys that helped take him down. So. <laughs> Either um, way. I would love it if, so and, and, and I know things changed and Ma- Manabu was not able to tour a lot. We, they had COVID and travel and this and that. I do hope we get to see a little bit more Manabu. I know he tends to hit the West Coast. Uh, events sometimes it's been a while um but i really hope that you know you look at that and that he can somehow find a way to make it over here to to tour the u.s so everybody gets a chance to see uh manabu because it is fun to watch him play super smooth just a a great player clearly at 1051 i know a lot of people are going to look at that and go like yeah well i want to see how he does against the against all the big boys that here are, are here at the elite series. He'll do well. And, uh, uh, it, it would be fun to, it would be really fun to watch Manabu get a full tour in for one season of his life. Okay. And, uh, someone from the PDGA celebrating birthday, Rebecca Hall Duffy. It is happy birthday, birthday today. So I professional to... former ax thrower. Yes. True story. Uh, I don't know. Are you ever a former ax thrower? Cause I feel well, like I mean, she still throws right. axes, but she's, she's a former professional. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was going to say, I, I feel like I don't know always... you should pro- professional. I mean, she won money doing it. She was like a champion competitions. So, so I guess professional would be the right term. I don't know. Yeah. We throw a lot of words around though. I, I I'll tell you what, yeah. I wouldn't give her a sharp object and make her mad. Mm. Well, you're pretty dull, so we're already good. Anyway. <laughs> I've got your mute button right here, Terry. I can literally just shut you up. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else we have to cover in there's the regular not. show that is coverage worthy. You'll get a plug for it now and in the after show. So I'm going to tell you, New Year's Eve down at Fairfield in northern Illinois, New Year's Eve flex start chaining in the new year will be a flex start uh, taking place. And uh, in the after show, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, my experience Sunday and the brewery. Oh, and yeah. this money and, flying everywhere. And you visited in a box. You visited a mall. Oh, yeah, I sure um, did. I, and I want to close this out by saying I, I, I've read the board. I focused on that a little bit during the Nova conversation. I understand a lot. But as we said, it's it's kind of a little motto here. Just don't be a dick. Please. Don't misgender people. Don't call people names that they don't want to be called. If you do that, I'm going to call you a name. And I don't like to call people names. Yeah, don't do that. John. So so please be kind. Be understanding. 
that, that's all that's all we really ask yeah you Try- can disagree we can all disagree with policy you uh, yep. how i feel how johnny feels how mm-hmm. someone else feels i may even disagree with johnny or the next person or the next person uh, there there's at no point i think i think that gets lost in translation especially within our show and i know especially for me personally people assume just because i don't uh ridicule or go hard on any given person or entity means that i'm 100 percent in agreement with them and or i'm 100 percent in agreement with the way things are going no i just try to be as cordial as possible i don't always succeed at that but at the end of the day, yes, let's just have a little bit of compassion toward anyone. We can absolutely disagree. And as I continue to say, we we should argue about things like policy more so than the person and and or uh, just just feeling like you have to go out of your way to make it so personal when I think we can talk about higher level policy. But uh, and that's just incredibly generic, uh, uh, not just for disc golf related things. It's. Yeah, that's what we can try and do. Be kind. Rewind, as Daniel says. Exactly. <laughs> all right, guys, uh, we're going to say, yeah, and be informed. That's a good one, Sue. We're all good with that. I, I Take your best shot at always being up on as many things as you possibly can so that hopefully you are informed when you do want to form your opinion. And you're, you know what? Your opinion can differ with the next person. I think it's just how you present it. I think that's probably the most important part here. So for Johnny V, I'm Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guy. Thank you to Nova Polite for joining us. Uh, it was great having her on the show and getting her perspective as well. Read up on all the policies, see where you fit in, and uh, at the end of the day, you could just still be nice to everybody, no matter where you stand on it. We're going to have an after show. Things will get a little bit silly. I got stories for you. We'll see you then when you step inside the Smashbox. Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash Smashbox TV. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.